Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shoot or Pass podcast. We are week two in the NBA bubble. Uh, week two has passed officially, and within a few days uh, here, we'll be getting some scrimmages go ran through, and the NBA will be officially scheduled for broadcasts restarting the season on July 30th. Very excited. This is your co-host, Cheval, a.k.a. Chevy, and we brought back Robbie. Robbie, what's up? How are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having me back. I'm glad I haven't been fired yet. We are so close, Chevy. So close. We really are. It's so funny. I was going to say, you know, you were, I guess you drew some kind of, you know, ratings for us. So we'll, we'll keep you on board for now. All right. All right. I'll try to keep us like on the rails and not take us off the rails, but no guarantees. <laughs> well, you know, look, it's all, it's been a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, how was your weekend? You know, my weekend was pretty good. Um, I just kind of went to the pool and tan and hung out with some friends. Um, usually I'm the one that uh, has a babysitter on, on board, not because I have children or anything, but because I need it after drinking. Um, this weekend, I kind of became the babysitter for Audio Man slash significant other slash domestic partner of mine. So that good was job. interesting. Yeah, I did it. He's alive. I'm alive. We didn't lose anything. So we're good. How was your weekend, Chevy? My, mine was pretty eventful. Um, I celebrated, you know, my significant other's birthday on Sunday. My dad's birthday Happy was birthday. on Monday. Yeah, shout out, shout out to her and my dad. You know, had back-to-back birthdays. We had to celebrate. I spent it out in um, Sarasota, so we risked the beach life in Florida. That's kind of our thing to do. And obviously taking precaution, but, you know, it was... Uh, it was a little nice to get away. You spend a couple of days away from your usual scenery of the same four walls in your your household, and you guess to say, you know, so it's pretty cool. And I guess I got a little tan. So like yourself, I was kind of on the same tip, but you know, enjoying the sand and the beach instead. But uh, it was pretty fun. Was the beach packed? Um, it was. It wasn't that bad. Like I think, depending on what time of day you came, you kind of get in and out early. You know, you get because you, you Floridians, you yeah. Floridians, you know, you know, there's, uh, there's a couple beaches where, you know, you go Siesta Keys. I was going to be a big draw as the number one rated beach here, by the way, for everybody listening and sitting on Florida. Um, obviously, no one wants to go to the beach if you're definitely being precautious. But um, the other beaches, we went to some other beaches and they were, you know, Sunday was a little bit less crowded, way less crowded, way less packed. And you kind of could just literally have like maybe 15 feet of distance between everybody. So it was pretty cool to have that. Yeah, that's good because not everybody in Florida is being as precautious. No, not at all. But I mean, I feel like, you know, everywhere we went, people were obviously wearing masks and things like that. So, you know, shout out to those people that that did did their part. You know, we did our part, too. And we're still able to have a little, uh, you know, date night dinner. So we did that. And, um, you know, we wore a mask in and then we're able to unmask once the food came or, you know, once we sat down. So, you know, everything felt normal for once. Usually that's how we would probably spend um our summers growing up around my dad's birthday we always kind of did the beach thing that was that was our thing to do so me and my brother would get kind of thrown in the mix there as young adults and and teenagers and then as we became older we kind of let my parents do their own thing and then obviously i have my own life now but yep that's how it was it was pretty fun though you know i got a little you know little twisted there had a a few drinks on the beach had a kickback and then think about basketball coming back Oh, yeah, that's that's always at the top of your mind nowadays, huh? It's just basketball yeah. coming back. <laughs> LeBron James getting his fourth ring is at the top of my mind, always. 
Oh boy, we'll get into that eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so Chevy, did you uh, by any chance uh, end up shotgunning any beers or anything? Did you, you know? No. Oh, okay. Uh, if it was like nine years ago, probably. Yeah, it's probably not a good thing to, uh, you know, be doing in front of future NBA prospect Colin, which if y'all don't know, Colin is Chevy's son and he is a future NBA prospect. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the, that's a goal. Absolutely. We're starting him. He's already dunking on his little, you know, little tight basketball hoop. So I'm excited. Get ready, NBA. Yeah, but no, I didn't. Sh- I know I didn't shotgun any bears. I no, that's I don't know. Maybe maybe nine years ago. That was that was the thing to do for me, you know. But I think I, I'm think I'm my age is showing. I think once you turn the corner to almost to hit thirty, you're just kind of like, uh. You, you know what they say? It's all downhill from twenty five. <laughs> I always tell people that. It's, yeah, it's a funny story, but um, no, I didn't. You know, I go for a little bit more of the seltzers, the hard seltzers. You get the carbonated water. It's a little bit more healthier. You know, a more healthier choice for the diet. Are you a Truly or are you a, what's the other one? White Claw fan? I actually do recommend everybody out there listening. Um, I'm a big fan of the Kona hard seltzers. Uh, my favorite flavors is the, uh, I think it's a star fruit lime. And then there's the uh, guava mango. Those two are the best. Corona the hard seltzer? Punch. No, no, no. Kona. Like the Kona oh, 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 yeah. okay, okay, okay. I was like, Corona, Como? We don't need any Corona beers in 2020. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Corona has their own, but I think I think it's, you know, I think it's something where uh, Kona has kind of outdone it. In my opinion, they're, they're great flavor, they're great taste. I, I'm, I'm definitely down for a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of fruity fruitiness in the drink and then keeping it keeping it simple by having something seltzer. So, you know, trying to, trying to get rid of the data bond. You got to be careful with those seltzers, though, because those things will sneak up on you. They really will, especially when you're like sitting out in the sun all day. Before you know it, you're just like you're seeing like three Collins running around. Next thing you know, you got a starting five <laughs> running around Sarasota Beach. <laughs> all right, I mean, <laughs> I guess you're definitely right on that. It feels like he's there's already three of them running around by <laughs> just himself, one running around, which was his thing to do this weekend. But yeah, but no, no, no uh, chugging beers. But you know, uh, I see that's a thing in, in our NBA bubble. And uh, definitely, definitely the thing to do in the bubble there. How, how, how do you think so far? How would you evaluate between like what you've seen so far? The best chugger. So, okay. So we saw videos of Myers Leonard. We saw JJ Redick. We saw Jordan Clarkson. And then we saw, well, Jordan Clarkson was with Royce O'Neal, right? Royce O'Neal. Right. right? And so they were all sh- shotgunning beers for the gram. And I mean, obviously Myers Leonard chugged, chugged that beer in like two seconds. I think that. You know, if I'm comparing myself to any of these guys, I probably would be the Royce O'Neal just nursing the beer the whole time. So, Chevy, when when you didn't shotgun a beer this weekend, but when's the last time that you shotgun a beer? And two, another question, who would you like to watch shotgun a beer next from the NBA? Wow, those are wow. The first question, man. I don't know. I want to say I was probably about sometime when I was 21. I think that was like some of the th- one of the things to try and just do like, you know, at 21, I, I would say, and that you're looking at, not, like I said, nine years. That That's like, that's wow. Yeah, it has to be maybe about nine years ago. I don't know. I've just never felt like the need to do it out of, I don't tailgate a lot. So I think like that's one of the things though, if I have probably tailgate a lot in my life being, you know, 
going to UCF games there locally with Orlando or Orlando City games. I never really tailgated, but I felt like if I would have had attended, it could have been a little bit a lot sooner. Um, the players that I would like to see, hmm, does it current or like former NBA players? Um, anyone in the in the bubble right now? Let's stick to people. Anyone in the bubble. In the bubble. Ooh. You know, in case they happen to ah. listen to this podcast and they're like, oh, I've been challenged, you know, maybe they'll tag us. Yeah. Be our best friends. Give us Man. money. Pay my school loans. <laughs> man, the, uh, I don't know, man. I feel like, ah, uh, man, I, I think like I would definitely want to see. All right. I would, I want to say this probably. Luka Doncic, I would like to see him do it. I feel like I feel like he would be just the comical guy. I think he has a really like a niche for just being very comical. Um, and I, I would I would want to see him do it just to see his European twist on it. Luca, if you're listening, make sure you tag at baseline times when you chug the spear for the gram. Okay. Absolutely, please, Luca. That that'd be cool. That'd be cool to see. I feel like he would have a lot of fun with it, though. He's very very energetic and um i don't know i feel like a lot of guys i feel like i would be down to see maybe some of the bucks guys you know they always do those wwe uh you know wrestling promos before you know the tunnel maybe robin lopez would be like my runner-up how about robin lopez okay 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 i think he'd be how about you you want to know when's the last time i shot on the beer yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead. I'll, I'll answer place? i'll answer my own questions damn okay yeah let's go for this <laughs> um See, I was more of a keg stand girl in my prime. Um, I just, like I said, I I would be the Royce O'Neal in the shotgunning beer competition. I just nursed the beer. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, I got iced. And if y'all don't know what that is, it's when you, you know, your friends hide like a Smirnoff ice and you find it and you got to chug it right then and there. So I, I, didn't sh- I haven't shotgun a beer in a long time, but I did essentially shotgun a Smirnoff Ice a couple of weeks ago. And who would I like to watch shotgun a beer next? I think I would have to say Mark Gasol. And the reason why is because I remember watching the championship parade last year for the Raptors, and he was he was already wasted, but he still managed to grab a bottle of wine. And chug the entire thing. So I think he might be the guy who could challenge Myers. Huh, I like that. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one, yeah. Mark. And, he, and he just did that not too long ago, last summer. Almost a year ago, pretty much. Yeah. A little yeah. over a year ago. Yeah. So Mark, right. Mark Assault, don't forget, tag at Baseline Times. Okay? All right, cool. I think we just, like, fulfilled at least five different alcoholic sponsorships there. So alcoholic sponsors, if you're listening. um. How do we do? You know, give it, give us some feedback. I promise we're not alcoholics. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Let's talk about some NBA, right? Some NBA news here coming up uh, here out of the bubble last week up until this week. I'll, I'll start with the first positive one. I'm going to start on a positive note here. So um, the NBA basically reported there's zero positive COVID tests as of July 13th which was last week. Um, we're getting these weekly updates out of the bubble. So week two brought no kind of COVID positive tests, which is excellent. It's great. This is this is looking very good. Um, how do you feel about this, Robbie? Uh, Chevy, will you join me in a slow clap real quick for the league? 
Yeah, sure. No problem. We can definitely do that. Well done, Look guys. At that. Well done. That's beautiful. Well done. And that that I mean, incredible. It's also worth noting that in the last report they put out, only two players had tested positive. So, you know, this is all really good news and proof that maybe, just maybe, this is working. But I don't want to say that we're out of the woods yet. I want games to start. And, and, and more importantly, I want to see what happens when, like, the families and friends start coming in. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, like you said, that's, it's a good. But I think at, at this point, once you can kind of control it and kind of figure out and have a consistent uh, routine going because you know you coming into you had no idea absolutely what would have happened who would have tested how you would have quarantined players and and personnel so now you have an idea of how this works and this goes down uh it works and uh you know just wanted to shout out to to one of our own you know john on his um the uh, big northeast podcast uh he, they, they were talking about the uh, last episode uh the tbt tournament and how you know it, it started very similar there was a team that got eliminated due to um, the team and it ended up being a false negative uh excuse me a false positive wow um so it ends up ends up being a a, a false positive test but you know nonetheless they took the proper precaution eliminated the team and then after there was nothing there was no concerns no covid testing that came back positive and the rest of the tournament went on so i think if, if that can be pulled off in two weeks the nba is trying to do something in the grand scheme of things over a few months i mean i get it it's a concern we want to see games still but you know, it, it's definitely awesome. It's good, good to see this. It's working, you know, and they have infinite resources. So I, I don't see why this shouldn't, it's sort of not a surprise, but you know, it's still, it's still a, a grand, um, you know, thing to, to be proud of there. So shout out to the NBA. Um, uh, you know, coming up, we'll be seeing the scrimmages start on NBA TV. They'll be broadcasting start at 3 p.m. So we'll see every couple hours, different teams playing starting Wednesday, the 22nd, all the way till Sunday, the 26th, which should be very cool to see you know i think that's going to be awesome um down the road we'll be able to um kind of see a little bit of what what these guys were are looking like um not sure if it will, anything will come out of this how, how do you feel about the scrimmages anything we should be aware of in the scrimmages i mean i guess just look out for these guys that are coming back from injury see how how they're playing let's let's look out for the skinny guys too the newly skinny guys I want to see what they're going to look like on the court. Um, there's a lot to see, you know, and 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 we'll see how uh, injuries, potential injuries during these scrimmages affect these teams too, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll touch base here on a couple of uh, topics here, you know, primarily for this episode uh, that you guys listen to here today. Robbie and I just wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, Dwight Howard and uh, him getting snitched on. We'll also talk a little bit about James Harden and the blue lives matter uh, mask that he or uh, scarf he apparently wore um at the bottom of the show we'll talk a little bit more about east and west uh, give you guys a little bit of refresher and and talk about the pretenders and the contenders of each conference and uh, what to expect for those teams coming up here but uh let, let's get down to these couple of topics here for us robbie uh looking at uh you know this whole anonymous i guess we're calling it the anonymous snitch line right so ironically, we have Dwight Howard who comes out and also first reported that he got snitched on for not wearing a mask. Obviously, he has his take on the mask. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll give you my take here about this. I, I'm going to take a very uh, different approach and, and from a conspiracy conspiracy matter. I, not that I, I'm a conspiracy believer, but look, uh, here's my conspiracy for everybody that's listening here. 
there is one thing The Last Dance proved, and it proved that Michael Jordan was one, scared of his legacy being harmed, and two, he's a snitch. So, what do you do? There's somebody in the bubble snitching to Michael if Michael's not there himself, and they're 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 trying to put they're trying to put some some sort of they're trying to put out you know take out LeBron they're trying to take out his army okay this is my conspiracy theory I'm I'm sticking with it and I wouldn't be surprised again if another Laker player gets snitched out and I'm sticking that's my story and I'm sticking to it so I'm I'm this I'm blowing this over we're blowing over the snitch line how do you feel about Dwight Howard though being the first one to be snitched out as a Laker I mean. Here's here's the deal is I, I saw his his Instagram live and um, I got some takeaways here first. It's not it wasn't as entertaining as JR's. Um, he he was complaining, obviously, about getting snitched on, um, which I'm sure the snitch will <laughs> will be uncovered at some point. But he also talked about he, he joked about wanting to sell his NBA masks on eBay and, and saying how he doesn't feel like he needs to wear these masks in the bubble. Um, he said that he didn't know that coronavirus was flying through the air looking for people, whatever that means. Um, he came out and said that he's an anti-vaxxer. Um, and something else I learned is he does his own laundry, which I guess is a positive. And then. This morning, he posted another Instagram live, and I learned that he talks while he chews, which I think is very problematic. But I'm not defending Dwight for, for not... Uh, there's no defending Dwight for not wanting to wear a mask, where it's required to wear a mask. And there's no defending Dwight for not believing in vaccinations, especially during times like this, where you know they're working on developing a coronavirus vaccine to kind of bail us all out here. But, you know, I, I think that had he had he talked about perhaps how um, throughout history, Black Americans have had negative experiences with the American medical system. An example of this being the Tuskegee experiments, which were still going on in 1972, I would have been like, okay, I'll sit down and have a conversation with you about this take. However, he didn't really elaborate on his anti-vax stance. And considering that he follows QAnon on Instagram, which if you don't know, is a far right wing movement that believes in a bunch of crazier conspiracy theories than the one Chevy just presented to us. I think it's I think it's taking away from the good things that he's doing, like donating the remainder of his salary to charity. Uh, Dwight, don't be a dumbass. Put your mask on wherever it's required and stop spreading bullshit on Instagram. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Look, I, I, I know, and I'll, you know, on a serious note, I'll be honest, you know, I think it's something, obviously, you know, they're there, they're, whatever they're doing is working, right? We, we just started off this, this topic here where the best news is zero, you know, positive tests. It's working. So whatever they're doing, just do it, you know? And I, I would agree with you on that a hundred percent on a serious note. Wear the damn mask. It's working. It's part of protocol. Everyone else is doing it. Um, it's required. Um, you know, obviously, just want to give give you guys a funny take on it. And, and again, I'm not surprised it's a Laker player. Pl trust me, I'm not surprised. Again, it's I think there's a couple other guys that could have publicly came out or or they could have said reported that they aren't wearing their mask because I I find it hard to believe. Maybe some guys just don't find it comfortable or they feel kind of the same entitlement as the white. Where you know, oh well, it's not floating around here. Clearly, 
which we don't know, right? So, um, no, I agree with you on that. Um, but I think Dwight's always been like an airhead, you know, type of guy, especially, uh, you know, no, not a knock to Dwight. I mean, I him spending time in Orlando, you know, I love Dwight, but I think he's always had that very uh, outgoing, fun personality, uh, willing to just kind of speak what's on his mind. But kind of like the next guy we're going to talk about here, may, may not always be, you know, the, the best way to reference or to speak on a, a certain topic. Um, kind of segueing to it. James Harden. So he shows up to the bubble last week, obviously a little bit late as as expected there. Uh, the assumption is maybe he was quarantined, um, knowing that Russell Westbrook was tested positive. So he wears this a mask, right? Or I guess it's a scarf that covers his beard and his face. It obviously has a thin blue line. It has a skull on it. There's an American flag in the background. Uh, and, and, you know, Robbie, I, I feel like give the people like the explanation of <laughs> how this probably went down where James Harden ended up wearing this mask. I mean, I think that he just kind of, you know, his stylist maybe came over. I don't know if his stylist picks his masks out for him, but he probably saw it and was like, this shit looks cool. It's got a skull. It's got nice colors. It's got the flag. It matches my outfit. It matches my kicks. It covers the beard. I'm putting that shit on and I'm strolling around in public with it. Do you really believe that James Harden knew uh, what all of this, what everything on his mask stood for, other than like color coordination, uh, and and would, you know, like did he? I don't think he looked at anything beyond the fashion of it. I agree. I hundred percent agree. I I I think James Harden's the type of guy that before he packed his suitcase, somebody came along and said, "Hey, James, this looks cool, right? I give you fifty k if you wear it. Go ahead, put it on." <laughs> James says, great, this is fashionable. I'll put it on. 50K in my bank account, great. Now we all have that friend, right? That that you give them $5 to do something, they'll do it, right? You know, I've got a buddy. You give him, you know, $10, $20 of gas money, he'll, he'll take you somewhere, and, and you know, 50 miles away and back, you know? So <laughs> I think James, James, I lo- love James Harden, man. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I just think he, he, again, like you just explained, he is that type of guy. And I believe him when he said, I, I just put it on to cover my, my face, my beard. I, I 100% believe him. I mean, give it, give or take, whatever you want out of that, that quote, I believe him 100% just because this is James Harden that we're talking about here. But uh, this yeah. is the biggest non-story, okay? It really and, is. And, and let's go, let's take it a step further, all right? And let's talk about this mask that he was wearing. So we said it had the American flag with the blue line. And then it had the Punisher symbol on it. Now, if y'all don't know, the Punisher the Punisher is an anti-hero in the Marvel Comics universe who kills a shit ton of people and often resorts to torture, kidnapping, and coercion to do so. So I, I just, again, it's like, did James Harden know all of this before he picked out his mask to wear it in public? Hell no. Nah. So why are we directing our anger and our frustration at a guy who is a strip club aficionado who puts fashion over everything when there's like a whole movement of people out there who feel that a symbol that represents violence and torture should be the face of those who are fighting to protect this country and all of its citizens? Because, you know, this symbol is, is part of the Blue Lives Matter movement which defends the military and law enforcement. Absolutely. Very well spoken. 
Yeah, you're you're hired for next next week. Okay, we'll bring you back. Okay, I think I think that, I think that did it right there. <laughs> All right. So uh, I know you mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, we we kind of alluded to Gr Smith last week. Your incredible breakdown of Instagram Live, and then you know what? You kind of followed up again. I, I guess I'll, I'll sign into another week after this because you followed up with Dwight Howard's breakdown of his Instagram Live, and so. I'm a little bit disappointed though, because I was looking forward to J.R. Smith continuing on his Instagram live. So isn't it ironic we haven't heard from our uh, NBA bubble correspondent J.R. Smith at all? I think your your conspiracy I'm, might be right that uh, the NBA shut him down. Yeah, you know I think that that the NBA did. Well, LeBron shut him down. LeBron, the NBA didn't have to do nothing. They told him <laughs> get off Instagram live. They called LeBron up and they said LeBron leash. Let's go. <laughs> And, you know, I understand why it's being done. I'm sure LeBron wants everybody to lock in. But we don't have unbiased reporting from the NBA bubble anymore. We don't. And I know someone who pretty much every conversation talks about the NBA bubble being in his backyard. So, Chevy, what are your thoughts about potentially bursting into the nba bubble well i mean you know look first and foremost i would love to and um we had a couple ideas and uh our our grand idea is you know i guess i guess i could be i could play a character you know i've never really played a character before i think that'd be an interesting gig um if we're gonna get you into the bubble i think the best way to do it is to dress you up as Mickey Mouse, right? You put on the Mickey Mouse suit. I'm sure Mickey has already been all up in that bubble, strolling around, hanging out, sipping some wine with LeBron. I mean, I think that if we find you a Mickey Mouse suit, and I'm looking on Instagram right now to see what we can find you, uh, we can get you in there. I mean, hmm. all I, right. I heard it's a good gig because they, they do get first-class treatment. There's a whole break room of snacks drinks and you know you have a, a little assistant to follow you around so it's definitely a lot better than being a ride attendant so i i can roll that way definitely i get a little bit of bubble oh. treatment you know i get fed i get catered to and somebody well, will always have well. water for me and I, I think that's a good gig it's a good easy gig to go all right i'm seeing i'm seeing a suit here for 92 dollars you're probably going to be looking more like the, the Times Square Mickey, but that's good enough, you know? We just need you to just look somewhat like Mickey to get through. Now, are you willing to take a COVID test, get like a bunch of swabs shoved up your brain? I'm down. I, I already down. said that. I'm down. It... Okay. Quarantine. Can you quarantine? Of course. Well, your girl and Colin be okay. Of course. Knowing already, that you're doing this for I, the pod. I already told him before when I found out the bubble was coming, I said, I'm going to do this. If I got to go away, I'm going away. If you guys can come, you can come. But if they won't let you in, I'm getting in regardless. <laughs> All right. So what, what hotel would you want to get into? Well, of course, you know, the Grand Casino. Of the course. Only, the only way to go, I'm going to be down there. We're going to go ahead and make sure everybody's on their best behavior. Dwight. Okay, okay. So so what player would you be most hyped to see? I'm assuming LeBron, right? Yeah, of course. But I mean, you know, an, an opportunity like that, it would be just amazing just to be around any any. All right. Any so talent. so let's let's play the scenario. You stroll in, you got your little wristband, you already took your test, and you see LeBron 
strolling by across the lobby. What do you say to him? Um, basically bring home number four. That's that's it. Now, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're gonna dress up as Mickey Mouse, you gotta do this in your Mickey Mouse voice. So, what do you? You let's, let's, let me ask you again. You see, you're in your Mickey Mouse suit. You got your little wristband. Whatever you strolling through, you see LeBron. Ah, <clears throat> oh, man, I got I got a really you know a lot of uh, Mickey Mouse clubhouse experience here. So, uh, well, it'll go a little bit like this. Uh, oh boy, LeBron. Go ahead and bring home number four. Oh boy. I think, I think, is that good? Is that good enough? Did I get it right? <laughs> I love it. I, I love I, it. I think that works. Right? I think that's all that's we need good. to say. And then, you know, that's it. He, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to point me out and keep it moving, you know, headphones on. I think that's how that's going to go down. That's a, that's a cool scenario. And then security will stroll in and kick you out and you'll spend a night in jail. And then we can talk about it on the next. Pod. Yeah, as long as you bail me out, we're cool. We're cool with that, you know. We'll use some uh We'll have a GoFundMe going on for you. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. I mean, we we we, we I did drive by there, you know, and it's so incredible, you know, on See, a he's already note, scouting the location, you know. guys. He's ready. He's going to do this. No, you know, but on a serious note, it's so um it's really exciting though. It's really cool to just, you know, <laughs> you see the wild world of sports exit down i4 you're strolling down there and you see it and you're like wow like and it's not just the nba it's the mls too you know it's like it's a really incredible feat that they're able to just do this and have the uh real estate to make this happen you know but shout out to disney man i think it's pretty cool it's really fun though to see uh this happen all right robbie let's go ahead and uh, get into shoot or pass here obviously you guys know the game if you listen to last week's episode, obviously, hopefully you did. Uh, we will shoot if we agree with the statement. We will pass if we disagree with the statement. First and foremost, shoot or pass. Now, we've heard about NBA players dropping weight during the break, seeing these pictures. Now, out of the four players, Nikola Jokic, Marc Gasol, James Harden, and Carmelo Anthony, James Harden will help their team the most because of their weight loss. Shoot or pass, Robbie? Pass. Have you seen the videos the Denver Nuggets have been posting of Skinny Joker? He is nailing corner threes and he's dunking. That's all I got to say about that. Pass. I'm going to pass as well, but I'm going to go the other way to Carmelo Anthony because, man, Whoa, I'm okay. going with Melo. I think that he's poised. He's focused. Uh, I'm, you know, again, we'll talk about the Portland Trailblazers later, but definitely Melo. I feel like he's looking good. He's looking fit. He, he definitely is the one that will come out of this situation and this quarantine life looking, feeling better, playing better because of his weight. Uh, Shoot or pass, the anonymous hotline snitch will no longer be anonymous before the season and playoffs ends. Are you shooting or passing on that one? I'm going to say shoot. And I think it's because maybe... JR hasn't been as active on social media because he's trying to find out who the snitch is and is going to reveal it on a new Instagram live. I'm going to go ahead and I will, I'll, I'll pass on this for now. I feel like we're probably a 30 for 30, five to 10 years from now about finding out this information and ESPN knows who it is already. They're just waiting, waiting to film it and, and debut it five to 10 years from now. So I'm going to go ahead and pass on that one. 
Chevy, who would be your top nominees for the snitch? Um, I, I hmm, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there would be. There's a lot of guys right now that don't really strike me as the snitch type in the bubble. I don't know if if it's if it's a, if a certain player, maybe maybe it's team personnel, maybe maybe it's a GM. You know, I, I think that yeah. it could be a GM. Maybe maybe a GM can can draw up some conspiracy, and maybe he's you know buddies with another GM in Charlotte. So. I don't know, or, or owner in Charlotte, oh, wow. you know what I'm saying? So I don't wow. know, it could be that. <laughs> All right, the next shooter pass here. The next report of a player cited with a warning from the anonymous hotline will not be a Laker shoot or pass. I'm going to say shoot, because Dwight's already got cited. You know, Doc Rivers was joking the other day and in, in uh, saying that he uh, snitched on LeBron and Popovich. So I think I think we need some some more representation from the East. So Joel Embiid, wherever you at, <laughs> I think you're next. Shoot. I, I, I would agree. I would shoot with that one. Obviously, um, definitely. I feel like if there's anybody else out there that wants to use this to gain some sort of advantage, it's got to be somewhere else, not just with the Lakers. So definitely, I'm gonna go ahead and shoot on that. Uh, next shooter pass. One of the eight seeds will force a game seven in the first round of the playoffs. Shoot or pass, Robbie. Pass. Look, as much as we all want to see a competitive first round of the playoffs, we're at the worst getting some gentlemen sweeps. And that's why I'm banking on this play-in tournament to happen and to be popping. Because I know that we're not going to have a very exciting first round of the playoffs. So I'm going to say pass. Yeah, I'm also passing as well. Like I, I feel the same exact way. The the top, you know, four of the each conference is definitely very, very skilled. Their their talents levels will at least make the first round a little bit above a snooze fest, especially coming in off of this long layover. Uh, so definitely go ahead and pass on that one. Uh, the next shooter pass here with a shakeup to their starting five. The 76ers are now poised to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals with Ben Simmons. Potentially playing that power forward spot. Shooter pass. Pass. Because the Miami Heat will be making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, baby! Yeah, absolutely. I will definitely go ahead and pass on that as well. And I kind of would have to agree with you there. And also, uh, hey. big question, big question mark again on the Sixers, which we'll get into here at the bottom of the show. Uh, last shooter pass here with the teams and staff now allowed to go freely into other teams' hotels. The team most likely to get reported for tampering will not be the Raptors. Shoot or pass? Shoot. Everybody's going to be tampering. It's a matter of who gets snitched on first. We know that Masai has already been looking for Giannis's room because they're staying in the same hotel. <laughs> and you know that the godfather, Pat Riley, is walking around wearing <sighs> all his rings. He's not even saying anything. He's just strolling around, you know, brushing his, his fingers full of rings through his hair so that everybody can look at him. And you know that you've got LeBron, the GM, oh, inviting man. free agents into his presidential suite. So I'll go ahead and I pass. Think that- I'll pass on that one as well. I feel like uh, you know if, if 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 even if it gets reported, it wouldn't come from like the Raptors front. I think there's a there's a lot of like you mentioned. I think Pat Riley definitely Pat Riley always strikes me as this discreet like snake like you know that moves very quietly in the grass. So I feel like that yeah, that's definitely a good uh, reason to pass on this one uh, for sure. Here's a good reason to wear your mask because it's going to be harder to identify you. You're welcome, everybody that's tampering out there. <laughs> 
All right, Rob, let's go ahead and break down the Eastern and Western Conference teams that are in the bubble here. Just as a quick refresher, and you'll pretty much hear our thoughts on each individual team, as well as who we have going potentially the furthest in the playoffs, pretenders, contenders, any of the undercars that couldn't make noise here. And then we'll also talk a little bit about uh, the odds of a play-in tournament in, in each conference here. Uh, you know, getting started with the Eastern Conference here first, Robbie, just wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the teams at the bottom there, you know, so far, you know, we're looking, obviously, the Eastern Conference has, again, the weakest link. I think that goes without saying, and only one team making the bubble uh, as the nine seed Wizards, that's, you know, not a part of the playoff pitcher right now. Their chance is very slim. They're already five and a half games behind the Orlando Magic in the ninth spot. Um, you know, but looking at the undercard team, I think, you know, if we're going to call them undercards, you know, the Orlando Magic, the Brooklyn Nets, um, if you want to toss the Wizards in there, and then and maybe the Pacers, you know, pending the Oladipo situation, um, how do you feel about your undercard teams out in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you. I mean, you know, as you said, Washington Wizards are the only non-playoff team from the East invited to play in Orlando. They're playing without John Wall, no Davis Bertans. No Bradley Beal, no Trevor Ariza, no Gary Payne II, no Thomas Bryant, no Garrison Matthews. So it's going to be interesting to see what approach they take here. They're probably going to just play their younger guys, right? Yeah. So I, again, I, I just I get the I get the reason why I get I see what it what it was about. It, you you kind of want to have some sort of equality to give some guys you know and teams a chance to get into the playoffs. But the Wizards are such a waste, man. Twenty four and forty currently. I mean, you know, they're they're with well within five games. You're playing eight games, right? The Magic, the Nets, just gotta win at least three or four games out of their eight games, and you know, the Wizards, you gotta hope to go almost undefeated to really to scratch, you know, being within the four games. So, I get it. You gotta include yeah. a certain amount of teams in in the bubble, but just I least. will say the Pacers. I don't know if they're like. They're undercards for sure, but I don't know if they're like on the same level as the, you know, the Nets and the Wizards. I I think that, you know, if you look at the, you know, Victor Oladipo only played in 13 games a season. Indiana managed to go 32 and 20 without him. So is it really that big of a deal if he doesn't play? They might still be able to be competitive and they can't fall lower than the six seed. So, you know, I think that there's, there's a chance here. They, they, they might make some noise. I mean, you know, if they stay at the five seed and the Heat manage to stay at the fourth seed, it's going to be a very exciting first round uh, gentleman suite for the Miami Heat. Um, but you know, they'll they'll be competitive. I don't think that they're as as uh, they're as low as like the Nets, the Magic, and the Wizards. Yeah, and I would agree. I think they're more like an idle team that we're going to see. Uh, and and they, again, they and, and the past couple of seasons, especially getting to the playoffs, you know, they've. They pushed the uh, 2018 Cavaliers to the seven-game series in the first round. Um, you know, they, they last year, you know, they came in, still had some consistency in the, in the playoffs. And then this year, like you mentioned, Old Depot only played in 13 games, yet they're still 39-26. and 26. I mean, that's still a very nice record to have without having arguably your best player, you know, for most of the season. Um, you know, and they've, they've got some, you know, young guys that have kind of shift around teams, you know, uh, picked up Malcolm Brogdon over... Uh, the summer there's the Montes Sabonis that they picked up. Um, 
Also, also TJ McConnell and Jeremy Lamb. So those guys have kind of been on a couple of different rosters. Doug, Doug McDermott, you know, those are some of the guys that, that are actually the, the, whatever Nate McMillan is doing, they've been able to get some quality play out of those guys. Uh, and, and as a collective group there, and then, you know, Old Depot just kind of fills that void as a star player and, and their, their primary scorer, um, you know, and then shout out to Miles Turner as well, uh, you know, being able to be a part of that, you know, growing Indiana team. So, again, I think it's really tough to say that um, they'll be a contender. I, I can't, I don't know if I really want to put them up there in that contendership, but I think it's enough to say they'll make a little bit of noise coming into a series they'll make it they'll make a series difficult so i wouldn't be surprised if they pushed you know whoever they play in the first round to a seven game series yeah i mean you know i wouldn't say you know it's like you said i I wouldn't put them in the contenders bubble um they're kind of like in between absolutely and and kind of you know referencing them with the the sixers so my my dilemma with the sixers and you know I like Ben Simmons. I like him. Be I like the team. T- Tobias Harris is a former Magic player, and I, you know, absolutely loved him uh, coming. You know, seeing what he he has become, and uh, I, I like the team. But it, the, the biggest question mark is hanging over them. And uh, yeah, okay, there's Ben Simmons with a jump shot. You know, look, I, I need to see what this is going to look like offensively for this team. Uh, and I feel like you know they were they were a team that probably we expected them to be contenders by now and they kind of took a step back a little bit obviously you can't really you know we're talking them in the eastern conference finals last year if a few clanks on the rim doesn't happen for Kawhi leonard right so i'll mm-hmm. give them credit for that obviously you know they lost jimmy butler and then obviously lost jj reddick so those are a couple of guys that have been you know a part of their team last year how how would you position the Sixers right now what do you see in this reboot as of right this second with no games played with this new lineup which is with Shake Milton starting at the point guard and Ben Simmons at the four Al Al Horford I'm sorry coming off the bench they're like teetering on the pretenders list for me just based on on what I've seen this season but I think that this move makes sense because Philly's big lineup, which features Embiid and Horford, lacks outside shooting. So bringing in Shake and moving Simmons to the four should alleviate that, right? So will this magically solve all of their problems? Will, will this make their chemistry a lot better? Will they finally flourish, play up to their potential? I don't know. They also have like the worst away record they're, right. Well, the differentiate the the difference between their home record and their away record is so different. They're twenty nine and two at home, ten and twenty four away. They're playing on a neutral site. What the hell does that mean for the Philadelphia 76ers? I don't know. We're about to find out. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that, again, there's a big question mark over them at, for this restart here. And but I will say this: I think that the the, the question mark is, hey, you know. Obviously, Embiid and Simmons sat out a significant time uh, during this season right now, uh, needed to get healthy, so they were able to do that, and obviously, we're watching the video, Simmons has been working on the jump shot, and that's that's probably the biggest beef that I've had with him, and, you know, it, spreading the floor, you know, he's able to to make the pass, get his teammates involved, but, you know, what about the offense? Because, you know, if you go back and look at the series against the Raptors last year, 
uh, you know, Jimmy Butler was responsible for a lot of the the time frames where they needed a bucket. You know, Jimmy Butler was a guy to go in and try to you know, put the ball in his hands and score. And uh, you know, Jimmy scored the last bucket if everyone remembered, and right before the you know Kawhi shot clanked in, right um, in that fourth quarter. Uh, Jimmy Butler shot 60%, and he also, you know, dropped in about 10 points in that quarter alone. Uh, so everyone else was, I think, you know, I think it was Embiid who scored seven, and then everyone else, like Reddick, had two points. So I was looking at the four-score scoring and said, okay, I believe the Sixers can keep games close, but who are you going to go to? Are you going to go to a guy like Simmons? Are you going to dump the ball down to Embiid? You know, what about Embiid? Does he get into foul trouble? How healthy is he, right? Y- you got to have some consistency with the Sixers team first uh, you get you got a nice veteran with Al Horford, so I think Al Horford's great passer. He's a great veteran guy. Uh, you know Mike Scott, if he can knock the three ball down consistently, and I really need to have and really want to root for Tobias Harris to really make uh this to work out. But in the Eastern Conference, where you're probably looking at your biggest threat being the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, and as in, in a sense of size with Giannis, uh, and then the Raptors with Pascal Siakam. Um, I want to see the, how defensively they respond to that team. You know, in the series, I, I don't, I don't know if they defensively they can, they can tackle those guys, and that's that's my concern for Philly. That's why I don't, I think they're a pretender right now. All right, we we got the same pretender so far. Absolutely, and if we're gonna go ahead and talk about the contenders in the Eastern Conference, uh, I, I, I think the top four rounds out pretty well uh, if, if they're contending for the championship and the Eastern Conference. So obviously Milwaukee Bucks, number one, the Raptors are number two, the Celtics, number three, and the Heat are number four. Um, how, how do you feel? How, how do you feel about your Heat, though, at, at the four seed? Kind of making some noise I'm, to move up? You know, they, they might want to... I mean, they can obviously move up to the third seed, I mean, and then play the sixth seed, but, you know, if they stay in the fourth seed, you know, they're they probably would be playing in Indiana Pacers teams that I know they can beat, and it would be a very fun series. Um, the question here is, can they compete with the Bucks, right, if they make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals? And they're 2-0 and against them in the, ser- in the season series. They're the only team in the East to have an unbeaten record against the Bucks. Uh, Giannis was held to just 13 points in their last matchup, thanks to the man, Bam. And, you know, you, you saw the team being aggressive on both ends on the floor. Um, I think that they have a real shot at this, Chevy. I really do. I'm not being just I'm, I'm not just being a homer. Um, they were they they didn't have the best record, you know, to to round out the season before it stopped. Right. They were seven and nine in their last 16 games. But, you know, Spo has been talking about how he and his coaching staff are working to balance making these schematic adjustments with building on what they've already been able to establish. And they brought in Dre, they brought in Jay and Solomon Hill in the trade deadline. And I'm curious to see how these guys help bolster the defense, which is what could really use some help. Right. And I just want to shout out to uh, Stan Van Gundy for joining Twitter because he, he actually had a really good tweet last week. And it was like, you know, he was like saying, Hey, you know, it's no surprise that a lot of the top defensive rated teams in the NBA are actually top you know top of the the league and record wise right so it's defensively these teams are good for a reason and it, their records show so you know obviously the bucks are rated the number one defensive team for whatever you know it's worth for through the first 60 whatever games that they played um 
65 games they've played in the season so far and they're going to play eight more right and so if we're looking at that Miami's up there as well so they're tied for the seventh spot um and in, in the league overall the d- defensive rating very similar to something you know maybe about maybe half point or so or so you know one or two points off from where um you know the fifth the fifth spot is and then you get the clippers that are you know their rating is a little bit you know better by like two points or whatever it is but the point of the matter is you know here is I agree with you 110%. I think that this year, one of the things that, and I saw Stephen A question uh, Jimmy Butler. I like the way, I like the team that Jimmy is with now. And I question why he went to Miami. But now I don't. Like, I, I don't. I, you know, I'm like, okay, this is making sense. Bam is a big reason. I think defensively, what we saw a lot of was that if you're asking Jimmy to be the scoring leader, and you're asking him to focus a little bit down in the fourth quarter for buckets. Defensively, can you give him a little bit of relief? And I think Bam does that. Uh, some of the guys like that you mentioned there, the, the, you know, the Solomon Hill uh, pickup as well. Um, you know, looking at guys uh, like you know Kendrick Nunn. You know, uh, defensively, I think that these guys really have been able to be a top defensive team this year. And um, let's see here. Let's not forget Andre, Andre Iguodala, right? So they pick up Andre mm-hmm. Iguodala. They pick up, you know, Solomon Hill. Uh, there's Derrick Jones Jr. And, I, you know, obviously I think Dragic is a little bit of a, a defensive liability. But, you know, you have the flexibility with Trey Crowder. You know, I'm looking at the roster down here and I'm like, all right, I think the Miami Heat have enough to at least kind of keep the Bucks stable. And I might have a Twitter beef because, you know, I was having a conversation with my buddy and he tagged me with another, uh, I guess, another Bucks fan. But, you know, it, it's, they weren't a Brogdon fan, but I was a Brogdon fan. And I liked Malcolm Brogdon. I think the Bucks will miss him. And, it, you know, he didn't play at all in the playoffs until they got to that series against the Raptors. But Brogdon's production for what he was doing didn't drop off. You know, it didn't differ or drop off from the regular season. And I felt like Chris Middleton just isn't that second tier star next to Giannis right now. Because that's who you're going to have to turn to. And I think Miami will be able to dominate in the backcourt. So we'll have to see how that works out. But I, I think the best case, best path for Miami is to move up at least to the third or second seed. Try to, you know, get past the first round and avoid Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference semifinals and get to the conference finals and play Milwaukee there. Uh, again, just because of concern of, you know, trying to get into the swing and I feel like once you hit your stride after the first couple of series now we're talking ball um but how about the rest of the Eastern Conference yeah well let's talk about the Celtics we you know we've we've brought up a lot of teams but we haven't really brought up the Celtics they're fourth in the league in defensive rating um the team is preaching defense being the key to their success you know and they've you, you've been hearing this from Gordon Hayward and Brad Wanamaker and Brad Stevens. Um, you know, will Jason Tatum emerge as the next two-way great is another question, right? Um, and then you've got Kemba Walker. Is he going to be the key? Because he's the guy that's essentially replacing Kyrie. Agree. Yeah, I think this is a really an interesting team because, again, a lot of nice young guys and a team that. I liked I liked how they replaced Kemba and brought him in there. I like what he's done so far in this season. It seems like he's really enjoyed being in Boston and being part of a winning environment. Obviously, didn't get too much of that in Charlotte, but I mean, it's gonna. The biggest, my biggest concern with them is 
being able to see, you know, who is going to be their go-to player in regards to mm-hmm. like a Jason Tatum or Kemba, right? So I feel like that duo right there, they're going to be the ones that, all right, are we going to defer to Jason? Because Jason, you know, obviously a Duke guy, big fan of Jason. I think we're going to have to see a little bit what what Boston at least has, uh, you know, from their star power. But they've never really played that type of ball. So I think people have to understand, like, some nights you're going to get, like, Jalen Brown. You're going to get a Jason Tatum. They're they're obviously going to put the ball in Jason Tatum's hand, I think, primarily. But then again, you have Kemba. Um, I think Brad Stevens manages that team very well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're a good team. I, I just I don't know between them and the Raptors. I I don't know if I can because I think most likely what will happen if Miami doesn't move up in the standings here. You're looking at you know potentially having Toronto and the and the Boston Celtics play um, in the semifinals, and then should they go on to the Eastern Conference Finals? I don't know if they're beating the Bucks in the series. That that's in a seven game series. That's something I'm not willing to to, to say right now. Yeah, I mean, do you think? I would think that, you know, the Celtics are trying to push to maybe get to the two seed or, you know, I think, I think they're, they're trying to avoid Philly too, because they're one in three against them in the regular season series thus far. And, and Philadelphia has a significant size advantage over them. So that's someone else that they're trying to swerve on their way to the, the playoffs or in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I would say that it, it would be in a first round series right now, you know, the way it's kind of pitched out, like it's obviously the Brooklyn Nets. So that'd be a nice, good series. Excuse me, if we're talking to Celtics, that's against the Sixers. And um, I think, again, you know, that depending on the question mark of the other Philly, you know, they, they could very well see themselves out. And like you mentioned, I think best case scenario for them is to push themselves to the second seed, you know, play someone like the Brooklyn Nets, who who at that point would, wouldn't be without, would be without Kyrie, KD, um, then uh, you know, those guys won't be there. So I think, you know, the best case scenario for them definitely is to move up to have an opportunity. You know, I, I think, you know, there's guys like Enos Cantor, you know, they have the taco fall. They could try to, you know, they can throw at, um, Embiid, but again, you know, if Embiid comes out fully healthy and a full force, I think it's going to be tough, but I'm, I'm really excited to see Tatum. I think Tatum is going to really be able to, so we're going to be able to see the growth. I think, you know, based on what I've seen him work on his game, I'm really excited to see him, but I think he's ready for the moment. You put the ball in his hands. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple games here and there where he makes some big shots and he kind of pushes the Celtics over. Uh, what about the defending champs? You know, so we kind of ignored them for a little bit here and mentioned them. Um, how how do you feel about their odds and chances now repeating? Because they're missing obviously the biggest piece, and it's Kawhi Leonard. But I mean, Pascal Siakam has 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 been their guy after that. I mean, this team, not only did they lose Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, but they were, they've were they been ravaged by injuries this season. Almost every player in their rotation had has missed time, and they still managed to make it to the two seed. So I, it seems like a lot of their players are healthy again. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how these players all gel together and what they can do with a healthy roster, considering what they've been able to do with, with a, a roster that's been ravaged by injuries like I said before um and you've got a great coach in Nick Nurse who hey Nick Nurse coach of the year candidate quite, front runner quite quite yeah quite potentially I, I would agree with that absolutely um yeah looking at the Raptors I mean big kudos to them I mean 46 and 18 uh they've been able to equally win on the road and at home so far in the season and like you mentioned, even with some of the significant injuries to some of their you know, players, obviously I, I was playing fantasy basketball and Siakam was out for a very significant amount of time, which hurt my team. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I, I think, you know, 
it kind of hurt to watch him, you know, dismantle the magic last year in the playoffs. But I'm a fan. I like his game. Um, which, you know, I, again, I would, I would be down to watch a Raptors and Bucks Eastern Conference Finals again, just to kind of see where that goes and see where Siakam kind of steps in um, to make kind of his name. Siakam is a tough matchup because of everything that he can do. He's going to be a tough matchup for anybody. Yeah. And, they, and again, and, very similar. Sorry. They're very similar to, you know, comparison to the Heat, you know, when it comes defensively. You know, they have, they have Siakam, they have Serge Ibaka, there's Mar- Marcus Hall, Slim, Slim Marcus Hall. And then you have. The lean, mean Gasol. Yep, you have Norman Powell, OG Ananubi. They, they're all. St- Kyle Lowry. I mean, they're, they're all. The core is still there. I mean, these are the guys, you know, you got Fred Van, Van Vliet who knocked down some incredible shots and, and out of, the, you know, a couple of series in a row leading up to the finals. I mean, yeah, I mean, this this is going to be this is going to be a fun Eastern Conference only because it's so open, in my opinion, to really watch. Ultimately, though, what, what does it come down to you if you had to make make an early prediction this year with this reboot? For the Raptor or for who comes out of the East? Yeah, out of the, coming out of the East. Um, I mean, if it's not, I, you can't ask me this question. You know what I'm going to say? <laughs> I'm going right. to say the Heat. I'll say this. <laughs> then it's fine. It's totally fine if you want to say the Heat. Because I'm picking the Heat as well. But um, I, I, I always they, tell people. I, think, I mean, it's like I said before. They're the one team that has already beaten the Bucks this season. They're the only team in the East that's beaten them. I think, you know, a lot of people will say, uh, question whether Miami can can hang with the Bucks in a seven-game series. And I think they can. My biggest question for the Bucks right now is going to be, you know, where how consistent are we going to see Chris Middleton in the playoffs? And then obviously Giannis uh, stepping his game up because, <laughs> you know, a lot of last year was they obviously, you know, in, in basketball terms, they like to use crowded, you know, Giannis at the rim. And when they did that, you know, he couldn't shoot the ball. So my biggest thing is, is seeing Giannis elevate his game as well yeah. and kind of going from there for the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it's going to come down to who can knock down open shots when the ball is forced out of Giannis's hands. Who's going to step up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, not, not to throw shade at them. They're, I mean, they clearly are the, you know, obviously record-wise best team in, in the basketball, you know, basketball world here. So, you know, not to sh- throw shade at them. But you know, looking you know fully at the roster here I, again, I feel like I feel like uh, losing a Brogdon hurts. Uh, you know, uh, you're gonna ask. I think you're gonna ask a lot out of Eric Bledsoe. Um, you know, they have Ilya Sova. He hasn't even joined Carter. the. Has he even gone to the bubble yet, Eric Bledsoe? Oh man, that's that's. I I don't I don't believe so. I think we we probably would have seen a couple of social media posts about that, but I, I don't believe uh, he has just yet. And um, you know, because he he just. They just announced that just a couple of days ago. So right, yeah, right, hey, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think he's in the bubble yet. So yeah, Pat, Pat Conigan as well. They they both tested positive, so they they're not there yet. Um, you know, you're looking at a guy like Brooke Lopez knocked down some threes. Um, you know, Kyle Korver, just over your three point shooters. I mean, they're they're the ones that are gonna have to knock the shots down if you know they they're crowding Giannis. So, um, you know, veteran leadership with George Hill at the point guard and. and you know, I think we're going to take a, a nice deep dive at uh, the Eastern Conference playoffs once that happens. But I think defensively, man, you're going to see a lot of, of good defensive matchups here, especially because some some of the top 10 defensive teams are, are in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, don't don't ex- and again, don't expect, obviously, a scoring battle between anybody at this point. 
coming in. Yeah, I mean, these guys are going to have to probably rely on their defense a lot because they're probably going to be a little rusty. So Yeah, absolutely. All right, shifting over to the Western Conference. Obviously, a little bit more to talk about here with a little bit more teams and the inclusion. Um, looking at the West for you, you obviously have uh, the Memphis Grizzlies who are leading the A seed here. And um, they're 32 and 33. Behind them, in their rearview mirror, with the tra- Portland Trailblazers, New Orleans Pelicans, Sacramento Kings, the Spurs, and the Suns. Uh, you know, just, just throwing it out there for you, Robbie. I mean, obviously, I think the Kings, Spurs, and Suns, unfortunately, may not be in the conversation for much longer after the first four games, five games, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think they really stand a chance. I mean, it's, you know, uh, I think that the Grizzlies will probably stick with the eighth seed when it when it all comes down to it. Um, but what do you think? What do you think will step up as the emerge as the eighth seed? Um, I mean, I mean, I'm gonna go. I'm, I, I'm I'm trying to trying to see my way to Zion because I, I think Zion will come into the picture again. Uh, but I think it's very dependent on how much time he's missing for the regular season. And hopefully he's we can get the news at least by end of this week or next week he's cleared to play fully for the eight games. They're going to need him. If that is the case, you know, I think that the Blazers and the Pelicans, again, they're only 3.5 games behind right now. And to, you know, to, play, to get to the play-in tournament, the rule of thumb is the team has to lead by five games or more. So I think that they're close enough. You know, it's going to be very fun to watch the Trailblazers, Pelicans, and Grizzlies play their eight seeding games and see how close they can pull between. Because again, you just have to pull between, you know, the four games or less. Yeah, yeah. Because we want we want the playing tournament. The league wants the playing tournament. Um, listen, I I I I said it. I alluded to this last week where I said that I didn't think the New Orleans Pelicans would make the playoffs with Zion. And now that they don't have Zion and we don't know exactly when he will be back. Shout out to Zion, by the way. I hope everything's okay. Um, they're going to be on my pretenders list. I, I mean, we, and, and you know, they, they've got a layup from the league with the schedule, but now they're not going to have Zion for an undetermined amount of time. Um, who's going who's gonna to fill the void for him? Like I said, that's going to be a team where you have Brandon Ingram, you're going to have, you know, Lonzo Ball, and, uh, or, you know, I think the toughest part about this reboot. I guess Drew Holiday had some good games too. You got, you have Drew Holiday, but the, 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 the draw of this, this bubble is really getting to see, you know, who, who has prepared, who is ready to come out and ball. And I think Zion had had that in him. It's just really unfortunate. Again, I think it's still up in the air. But you know, looking at their roster, you know, once they lose Zion, I mean, no, you know, no shade again to Pelicans fans out there. You know, it's going to be a little bit tough without Zion to really make some noise and chase that eight seed. Um, yeah. If you really want it, you know, you know, you're looking at taking away Zion's production and oh, you know, Brandon Ingram taking it to the next level on on a short notice. You know, they, they filled out some spots around Zion with Drew, Reddick, Josh Hart. Um, you know, they have Lonzo. Um, but realistically, you know, without without Zion, at, you know, at the helm there, it, it's they're not. And then, you know, you have to compete against the Trailblazers. You know, keep, just keep in mind they have. Yeah, well. t- talk to me about the about the Trailblazers because you are riding high on 
Skinny Mellow. Man, Skinny Mellow, man. So we'll call him Skinny, Me- <laughs> Skinny Mellow for now. But I, I, I think that... Uh, you know, I never want to count out Dame. You know, as much as uh, I may not be the biggest Dame fan, you know, I like Dame, like 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 CJ, uh, those guys there. Again, you know, they're they're going to be able to keep close. It's going to be a really fun ride to watch them and the Pelicans. I, I think it's just too much that's the unknown right now to make a de- the definite determination on who's favored over who. Uh, again, you know, without Zion, I think that the Trailblazers lock up, at least trying to force a play-in, and we'll see the play-in versus the Grizzlies. Now, if the Grizzlies have to go against the Blazers in that play-in, I think experience will take over. Uh, you know, Dame will pretty much, Dame, CJ, you know, Melo, uh, they're going to have to go ahead and win two games if they finish in the ninth spot. So that's the advantage the Grizzlies have, and I think very well, you know, they can definitely win two games in a row and knock the Grizzlies off the A spot, but that, I think that that will happen. Regardless of, you will see a play in, in, the, in the Western Conference. Oh, for sure. Now, something that's kind of working against the Trailblazers is that they are 3-12 and against teams on their schedule so far, and they're opening against the Grizzlies, who they absolutely need to beat. Can we agree on that? So, I don't know. And also, Damian Lillard happens to be recording music while in the NBA bubble. Will that be a distraction? I mean, it can't be. Eh? You have nothing else to do when you're in the bubble anyway. So it's kind of practice, eat, be with your team, scrimmage, and go back to your Rap. room. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> shout out to Dan. I mean, hopefully he has some bubble, you know, he has some bubble bubble fire come out of that. Um, that basically they're out of that uh, room there. But, uh, you know, shout out to, to shout out to those guys. I, I think, you know, what you're look like you said, like what you're looking at. Uh, for the Western Conference, a little bit more. It's going to be a little more hectic. Um, and I think the Blazers have arguably the most difficult schedule. First, obviously, like you mentioned, they'll face the Grizzlies right off the bat. Then they play the Celtics, Rockets, Nuggets, Clippers, the Sixers, the Mavericks, and the Nets. Um, they're not with uh, Trevor Ariza uh, as well. But I, you know, I don't think Trevor is the the biggest loss for them, um, depending on how what Skinny Mellow comes in and do. And he can provide and, and bring into the you know to the team, but for them to really go far in this tournament or this bubble, you know they may miss Ariza and his ability to defend, um, especially when you have you know guys like Kawhi, LeBron that you're definitely gonna go definitely have to go through in the Western Conference. Um, but yeah, for the for the Blazers, you know I think that's good news for the Grizzlies. So, you know, maybe some of those teams can be competing. Like, you know, you look at your Eastern Conference teams like the Celtics, Sixers, you know, they might want to try to move up so they might play their full roster. Um, Obviously, the Nuggets, Rockets, and the Clippers and the Mavericks alone are are tough teams. So I think I feel like Portland will have the toughest schedule. So it favors the Grizzlies. It favors the Pelicans. Um, But then again, you know, uh, the the, the Grizzlies for me, you know, the odds looking at them, they don't do so well against teams 500 and above. So, you know, I definitely have to see how they come out and play um, against some of their, their teams there. Because they're going to be playing, this is their schedule, the Raptors, Celtics, and Bucks um, in their final three games. So Yeah, but, but I mean, they, they might rest their players. So, yes. So, the biggest question mark for the Grizzlies coming upon, you know, turning the corner at the end of their three games is, okay, does, does Toronto, does Boston kind of rest their players, get ready for the playoffs? Obviously, I think Milwaukee will. So, 
they might have a shot against winning that game against Milwaukee. But I think it's, there's so much involved. There's just too much involved right now. I think once we get closer, we'll turn that corner and see. Um, but I think the odds, you know, we're looking at uh, definitely that Western Conference being very interesting at the bottom. Um, how, how about like the, the rest of the conference here, you know, beyond some of the contenders? Like, I guess we'll call them like mid cards here, you know, mid level cards. You obviously have your Jazz, you have the Thunder. Uh, if you want to throw in the Rockets and Mavericks there, any of those get into your contendership for the Western Conference and the finals? Hmm. I would have to say out of those four teams, my dark horse team, which is the Dallas Mavericks, um, they, I mean, they've got a healthy Luka and, K- and KP back. KP says he's developed new parts of his game, but he's keeping it a secret and will show us on the court. And he was, I mean, he was averaging, what, 25? Point two points, ten point nine rebounds, two point five assists, three point two blocks and steals in thirty three point seven minutes in the last fifteen games before the break. And if you combine that with Luca's average, uh, like I said before, this could be a pretty dangerous team out of the four that you mentioned. Well, yeah, I mean, for the, for the Mavericks, I would definitely agree with that. I think you know, obviously, we're getting we're, we're in a sense getting to see a different look of the Mavericks with KP coming back. So. You know, I think a lot of this, a lot of this, just undetermined. You know, we haven't seen this this lineup before, and, and you know, kudos to the Mavericks. So, uh, you know, Luca definitely fan favorite for me. I I, I like Luca, and um, they've been able to maintain you know the forty and twenty seven record with um, with you know without you know primarily a healthy roster overall. Uh, you know, they have they'll have Boban, you know, Seth Curry as, as a shooter there, JJ Barea. Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, also gets plenty of playing time. So, you know, I think that they have the right complementary guys around Porzingis and could make some noise potentially to, to maybe be considered more like a lower-seeded contender. Uh, I mean, they're only about two and a half games behind the Rockets for the sixth seed and the fifth seed with the Thunder. So I think they might be looking to at least try to move up. I think the best thing for them is to avoid playing. The, the Jazz don't have Bojan, so they might potentially make a jump to the fourth. And they might want that. Yeah. <laughs> they might need that. <laughs> I think favorably you know, favorably for the Mavericks, they may want to jump up to the fifth or fourth seed, try to, you know, lock in playing maybe the Jazz or Thunder first round or really start to make a far run. But I would say that about them. What about the Rockets? So, you know, getting into the Rockets a little bit here it is the same situation, you know, we're, we're hopefully going to get Russell Westbrook back and be able to see him and Harden make a run. A lot of small ball. So obviously, I, you know, I think a nice comparison. They're the kingdom of small balls. Yeah. And I think the, the, the comparison to them is kind of, you know, thinking about uh, a little bit, uh, maybe the Sixers in a sense, just because the Ben Simmons power forward, you know, uh, movement that's going on here. Um, but, you know, you're going to have PJ Tucker as your, your power forward. Um, and, you know, looking at that team, I don't know. I don't know if it works. I, I'm just not confident based on the past couple of years that it's, it's a system. And, and maybe if they were to play, you know, a small balls, you know, series against the Warriors, you know, they got to win at least one of them unless, you know, they're just, they're not going to, you're not going to beat Steph. You know, I don't, I think they have their number, but uh, I think that that series um, for them, they might want to prefer is because right now they're playing against the Denver Nuggets in a series uh, at the sixth seed. And they may want to kind of hover around the fourth or fifth seed so that we can, they can play some someone like so the Jazz or Thunder as well. Um, I think that's the most favorable thing for them. How deep do you see the Rockets going though with this with this roster? 
Look, I think that they may be able to leverage some mismatches against teams like Denver and the Jazz and OKC. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the interior presence matches up in a seven-game series against, like, you know, I mean, I'm assuming that they'll probably, you know, like you said, try to hover around the fourth or fifth or stay with the sixth. But if they were to fall and face one of the LA teams, how would they match up against those guys? And, um, you know, I have the Rockets as my pretenders because, you know, it's like you said, um, we don't really know. We haven't really been proven that this works. And, you know, as much as I would love to see Russell Westbrook and James Harden finally get their rings, if something happens to one of them or even worse, something happens to both of them, you're losing a lot of offensive production. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, they did sign Luke Mamute um, as well um, here during the course of the downtime and uh that, that's that's kind of to fill a little bit of roster size up but i mean besides him i mean you're, you're not looking at a lot of size on this team uh, i mean they got they got tyson chandler uh but again tyson Chandler does not fit the mold of like the the small ball right and so you know you're you have you're gonna look at a uh, a roster or a, or a starting five or potentially uh, the five the final five on you know last five minutes of the game being james harden russell westbrook you know pj tucker maybe austin rivers and eric gordon I mean, that's gonna be your roster to face against with Eric Gordon sh- with having the worst shooting percentages. Of- he's not really playing well because he's got some nagging injuries. Right, absolutely, so. and that, that's the thing too as well. It's, it's that you, you're you're gonna go against you know a team. You, you can't play. You're not gonna be able to play against obviously I, the Clippers or Lakers with that kind of roster in that lineup. In my opinion, uh, you you don't want to face a Denver Nugget team with Jokic. That small, um, you know, then depending on how much you know Tyson Chandler has left in the tank, you know, th- does it fit? Does it work? So I think the biggest question mark here offensively is what the Rockets are able to do outside of uh, you know Harden alone, uh, with but you know Russ, you know, hopefully back into the bubble soon. Um, but yeah, definitely pretenders for the Rockets here. Um, how about your contenders? You know, are you going four deep out in the West? Are you going three deep as contenders? Hmm. Well, I mean, obviously the Lakers and the Clippers goes without saying they're contenders. I think the Nuggets might make some noise. I mean, they've got they've got Skinny Joker, who's looking real good on the court according to those videos. Um, they've got Gary Harris and Tory Craig who are in the bubble now, so Denver should have their starting five finally practicing together. Um, Michael Malone said that he's. You know, these guys play positionless ball, and and he's head coach Michael Malone said he would potentially be featuring some unique lineups in the restart. So, you know, maybe we'll see a seven foot two ball ball playing as a point guard. I'm obviously joking, (laughs) but could you imagine that? That, Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty pretty interesting for sure. Uh, I I think the then I think I'm okay with throwing the Denver Nuggets in as contenders out west uh, with the Lakers and Clippers. Obviously, it's definitely LA dominated. Uh, and you know, you look at a team like the Denver Nuggets, they're definitely up there as one of the top defensive rated teams amongst the Western conference teams. Um, Lakers and Clippers, obviously are the only two above them, uh, in the, in the regular season so far, based on what we've seen. So I, I would throw them in the mix there just because, you know, defensively, obviously skinny Joker, we, we want to see what he can do. Uh, he's just a different, unique player. I think that he does create a little bit more of a, a matchup nightmare. Uh, you know, you have. Anthony Davis on the opposing end, you know, for the Clippers, you're going to, you're going to have a very good defensive team regardless, you know, with Kawhi 
and uh, Paul mm-hmm. George there and some size, you know. Uh, and then, you know, if Pat Bev wants to ever take a stab at guarding Jokic. But, um, you know, and let's, <laughs> let's not keep in mind here the Clippers, you know, they did pick up Joe Kim Noah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I'm a Joe Kim Noah fan. Uh, I don't think he has a lot of gas in the tank in regards to playing a full, you know, 48 minutes in the playoffs. But he, he can come in and give you some solid playing time uh, should he be healthy. And, and again, he, he he's a defensive anchor. Um, now, both the Marcus... The Clippers got a deep they bench. They really do. Uh, Marcus Morris is, is the... the Mar- you know, Marcus Morris is the Morris twin that is in the, on the Clippers side. And then Markeith is with the Lakers side. Now, reports are they're unheard of. You know, don't know where they're at. But obviously, we kind of could figure they're maybe quarantined out there somewhere. Um, you know, they, that's a little bit of size there for them. Uh, Zubak as well for the Clippers. So, I feel like the, the how deep the Clippers are, they're probably going to be right up there with the Lakers, the one-two punch to either take the uh, Western Conference there. The Nuggets... Again, I think experience kind of hurts them there, uh, and just just not too sure, you know, outside of Jokic, where you know we can see a little bit of more offensive production. So they're gonna they're gonna need somebody else to step up beyond Jokic, uh, you know, outside of outside of him there. You know, Gary Harris, not you know, um, you know, you have Gary Harris, Jamal Murray. Uh, let's see what Michael Porter Jr. does too as well. You know, those are some of the guys that we kind of need to see uh, step up and be able to make some plays for them. Well, let's talk about your Lakers, because I know you've been waiting for this moment. Talk about your boy LeBron. Go ahead. You have the floor. Go ahead. Well, um, obviously. <laughs> Take a deep breath. <laughs> obviously. Uh, obviously the team. This is the team to beat in, in, in the NBA, the Western Conference. Uh, you know, on, on a serious note, though, I think it, it's what we all waited for, uh, you know, in 2020 to really come down and see, you know, what – the battle of LA will look like. And that's really what the you know, beginning of season talks will all kind of poised to work out to be. And I think we're going to get that, you know, uh, you know, focusing more on the Lakers side, you know, obviously you, you lose Avery Bradley, which, you know, big, you know, definitely a good player that fits in the mold, you know, defensively. Uh, he did take a little bit of point guard duties as well. Uh, so you kind of lose somebody, and he could knock down the three ball. You know, if he's open, I think that's another guy we're missing. But then insert J.R. Smith, right? So, you know, I, I think that the Avery Bradley signing loss and the J.R. Smith signing isn't is not equivalent. But you kind of you kind of get the same, no. you know, you kind of get the same, you know, things that they were doing on the floor. Uh, the best thing you can hope for is obviously J.R. Smith to be to be focused. Uh, can't be having those three of ten shooting games. You know, we can't be out there just chucking threes and just taking, you know, weird shots that he he's done in the past. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for them. But um, I think it, again, I think it's it's very comparable to the, to the Clippers. It, it's it's the Battle of L.A. It really is going to be a fun series to watch. The regular season doesn't tell a story. I, I tell people all the time, you know, between these two teams, I feel like it's definitely a game of chess. And the regular season, we don't get to see that, you know. So I think that, you know, there's there's the Kawhi load management. This is different. This is different. This is too difficult for us to really sit down and evaluate. You know, there's no travel. It's an equal playing field. Players should be locked in. Um, but I, I would say that, I mean, obviously they're going to be the team that I feel like, you know, I think LeBron's going to send them up above and on top. We're, we're going to get to see. I, I really want to see Kawhi versus LeBron again. 
Um, I think a lot of people want to see that again. Last time we got to see that was, what, 2014? So I'm sure you remember that one very, very well. How do you feel about your, your Battle of L.A.? I think it's going to be fun. Um, I, I guess we're already claiming them to be in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I mean, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate here a little bit. You know, you're, you're kind of running away with the Lakers, but the Clippers, you know, they, they're two and one against the Lakers. They've got, you know, they've got, of course, the elite wings. They've got the deep bench. Um, I think, you know, now that, you know, with Kawhi leading the way, maybe uh, PG-13 finally shows up in the playoffs. <laughs> finally gets past the first round. We'll, you know, see what impact he makes. In, in the Western Conference Finals and potentially if they beat the Lakers in the finals. Um, the Lakers have some they have some liability here. You know, they've they've got they've got a J.R. Smith, they've got a conspiracy theorist Dwight Howard, and they've got Dion Waiters. They they've got some liabilities here. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what what a guy like Kyle Kuzma does, because they seem to have they seem to do pretty well when he's on the floor and scoring, right? Um I don't know. Yeah. But LeBron's a man on a mission. He's a man on a mission. Hashtag revenge season continues soon is what he's put in all over social media. Exactly. So um, we'll let we'll let, we'll let his game speak. Uh, you know, just trying to give O to Mr. Last Dance. But uh, no, in all seriousness, I think that it, it's a season that will come down to the... It's very interesting. It's different. You know, I think that we're going to get to see something that we're probably never going to see ever in a long time, unless the NBA agrees to put the playoffs somewhere in a specific bubble again. But, you know, it's going to be really fun to see and, and really experience this. But, I, you know, we can just hope that everybody can stay healthy. Everybody doesn't have to leave the bubble, you know, for family reasons, things like that. Everything works out well um, because this is going to be something we've, again, never been able to really get the true experience of no travel, you know, the same workouts, the same environment. And, almost, you know, no complaints of load management or resting. Obviously, you know, we're yet to really kind of figure out what the, the playoff schedule will look like. But the assumption is, obviously, it'll get a day or two off here and there, you know, and a lot of, lot more flexibility as teams start to get bounced out of the playoffs and leave the bubble. You're, you're going to get a little bit more flexibility to spread out games. So it's going to be interesting. I think that, you know, like you said, it's revenge season for Braun. Um, Giannis is on the cusp of trying to take over the East and get to the finals. Uh, you still have, uh, you know, some teams out east that are projected to go and at least try to challenge. And it's still it's still open. The east is open. Um, Kawhi might win another one with another team. Yeah, anything is possible. Like I said, it's it's a, it's too much right now to, I think, for us. We, we kind of talked about it already off the record as well. And you know, we, we just don't know what, what's what's going to happen, what's gonna, what teams are going to look like, the rust, how long it takes to knock that off, if if any, if anybody – kind of has, you know, a bum injury, you know, here and there just because they haven't been playing hard basketball for a few months. So, but I think it looks like a lot of guys have been poised, they've been ready. It's given time for people to kind of sit back and really evaluate, hey, what can I work on with my game? Um, a lot of guys you saw, there was no excuse. They, they could still have one-on-one workouts, you know, with a trainer and social distance anyway. So, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of that uh, from from the, this bubble. Yeah, and the scrimmages will help too. You know, they'll get their reps in and shake off some rust. Yep, that that'll be definitely fun to see. Uh, any last minute thoughts here about our uh, 
refresh episode. Go Heat. Go Heat. They're going to win. They're going to win the Eastern Conference. I'm putting that, I'll put money on that down the road. Anybody wants yeah, but to I, I, I'm trying to convince you to to ride with me on this heat wave to to the NBA championship. But you're you're just like you're just in love with LeBron, so I'll keep working on it. But I mean, that's never gonna happen. So here's the one thing: is that <laughs> the one thing is the Miami Heat can never win another championship until the Orlando Magic win another uh, win their first NBA championship. So that needs to happen first. So Goma? 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 I, I will be I will be just understand I'll be on that train. Until, until the Magic can win their first championship. You okay, know what happens. Chevy you know what happens in Florida. Okay, Chevy Mouse. You know what happens in Florida. Everybody and their mama is a Heat fan in Orlando. When you guys win a championship, so I can't, I can't have that again in my city, especially, especially in Orlando. Imagine the Heat winning that in Orlando. That'd be the worst. That would be a, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be the worst. Can you imagine the 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 partying on the bus on the way back to Miami? Oh. Nope, can't imagine. Don't even want to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any shout outs here for your second episode? Congratulations. Thank you. I made it, right? Um, yeah, I actually do have a little shout out. I want to give a shout out to Aisha Mars Daniels. If y'all don't know who she is, she's a young lady who got yelled at by Kanye and got kicked off stage at his recent rally in North Charleston. Now, I'm not going to take this time to shit on Kanye. I think we all know that he needs some help. Um, but this young lady got on stage at his rally, asked a question on gun reform, and he went off on all these tangents and was spewing a lot of bullshit. Um, and she was, you know, she was making sure to correct him on things that he was saying that was wrong. And um, I guess he got pissed off at her, <laughs> called her a sister soldier claimed that she wanted Wakanda and not America and started talking badly about black women. And she is a black woman and she stood her ground. She kept, you know, interjecting when she needed to. And um, I think this, this, this goes without saying, but we really should be taking Kanye as seriously as we took the 15 year old who ran for president under the name D's nuts back in 2016. Don't go for Kanye guys, please. Aisha Mars Daniels, you a real one. Love you. Thanks for, going out there that's what's up yeah yeah that's that's a good shout out um you know i i just wanted to uh you know again shout out to everybody a part of um our team here you know like yourself everybody else at baseline times uh you know really trying to uh make make the magic happen here so to say to kind of play on from the disney theme but uh yeah you know shout out to everybody at baseline times keep you know keep us in your feeds your instagram at baseline times your Twitter at baseline times, you know, shout out to everybody else out there, uh, that's, um, listening and also, you know, big shout out to, you know, check out our MMA podcast, www.baselinetimes.com. And then, uh, follow, you know, follow Robbie, tell the people where to follow you. Follow me at Robin hood, R H O B Y N hood on Instagram. And uh, hey, Chevy, we 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 got something special coming next week. We got something yeah, special. So why do you uh, tell the people what's going on next week? I'm just gonna tease it. I'm gonna keep it pretty vague. But uh, we got some special guests coming next week. We're 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 gonna be doing something something special. And I think you and I both can agree that it's it's gonna be hilarious. I think 
we were laughing. Um, so we'll see. Hey, Chevy, can you send us off in, in your uh, Mickey Mouse voice? Well, um, <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. You might have. I have to get paid for that. Oh come on! I think I think I hit my uh, free capacity for my contract for the show. Maybe maybe they'll get it tomorrow on Instagram. We should tell people to go follow us. Guys, follow us at Baseline Time so we can hear more of Chevy doing his best Mickey Mouse impression because he watches the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse every day. I sure do. I sure do. I give shout out to, shout out to my son Colin. We'll, we'll definitely I'll give make it my shout out again this week. And then um, yeah, you guys should really follow us. Stay tuned. See what's going on, and uh, keep us again in your feed. Also, uh, we will, yeah, definitely have some special guests next week. And then, you know, we're, we're going to be ramping up a lot because of uh, this whole return to basketball. I mean, zero COVID tests. Come on. Give us, give us the NBA July 30th. Let's get it, baby. Let's go.